This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's Thursday, it's 6.30ish and it's time for another Mansfield Matters podcast. This week with no game for David Flickcroft's men in Skybet League 2 last weekend. What on earth is there for myself, Cam, Nathan, Simon to talk about? Well, I'll tell you. This week, off-the-pitch defender Xander Diamond has decided to hang up his boots and retire through injury. We take a little look back on his time in a Mansfield town shirt and send him all the well wishes for the future. Talking of the future, we take a look to it as myself and Cam go and watch the under-18s and under-21s in action at the new RH Academy. Plus, in the first team, the Stags have been in action in a behind-closed-doors friendly against Birmingham City last weekend. Boss David Flickcroft tells us all about that one. More trying to keep the the plays in the rhythm, rhythm of work, um, so it allowed us to get a good sort of uh, tactical training session under our belt Friday, um, and then put that into practice on the Saturday and, and some of the things that we'd wanted to work on, uh, potentially for the Swindon game. Uh, we had a good look at that, um, and and it just giving players good game minutes uh, and then just keeping them really in that Saturday to Saturday or Saturday Tuesday routine. In other news this week, striker Danny Rose has asked to be taken off of the transfer list, a request which was duly granted by the chairman and the manager and the gaffer tells us why he's delighted that Rosie is staying to bloom with the Stags. I think the reception from the supporters have been the major factor in it, I really do. Um, you know, and, and he's embracing the change on the training ground. Um, he's definitely improving and um, you know we've had the performance in terms of his running power running potential you know and, and the quality and the chances that he's um, that we're providing for him plus we'll take a look ahead to the weekend's action as David Flickcroft and Matt Preston and Timmy Elshnick go back to their former club in Swindon Town defender Preston tells us about his time there and how he's looking forward to revisiting some old faces they treated me like you know like one of their own since I, from the time I joined but of course, they want to go there and win. Who doesn't want to go there and, and beat the team that they've been at? Um, but yeah, like I say, I don't hold any sort of bad thoughts towards them. Plus, Captain Christian Pierce, back fresh from international duty, says it's an honour to lead the Stags. It's always an honour to be captain, so to be club captain is a, is a, is a major, major thing for me. I try and lead by example. I try and lead through my performances. 
do the right things on and off the field. Just be me, really. But me and the gaffer have a good relationship. All of that and much, much more, including your comments and questions in the live feed. So if you've got something to say, get it in the comments now. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Well, quite simply, because Mansfield always matters. Let's get the show underway. the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Well, because Mansfield Matters. I'm Craig Priest. With me, as always tonight, the usual suspects in the Rogues Gallery. Uh, we've got Simon Merce, we've got Cam Felton, and we've got Nathan Edge as well. A very good evening to you, gentlemen. How are we all doing? All right. Good. Yeah, very, very good. Obviously, no game on Saturday, which meant we were a little bit left, a little bit bored, and a little bit, uh, um, you know, just a little bit like wondering what, what to do with ourselves. But we've managed to find things to talk about, and uh, we'll be talking about <laughs> a, a lot pat, of yeah. things. Uh, during tonight's show first up uh, a quick apology usually sometimes on the podcast we have two cameras going off and one and the quality is quite good you might notice a little dip in the quality tonight that is for a, a valid reason um, I've been battling with the cameras all night for some reason my laptop's decided to go on a, on a Mardi and it's not working properly so uh, I'm back to using an old version which is not quite as good so just bear that in mind but if you listen to the audio version of this it won't matter because you just get our beautiful voices so there, so there you go what um, more could they want that, that's it what more could they want I mean some will argue that our faces are a little bit um, well I've got a face for radio anyway I didn't like to say usually at this point in the show we start by talking about last Saturday game which it's great, great, we didn't lose. Yeah, great, we didn't lose. We didn't come see in the last minute, so everything's, you know, everything's on sort of positive. That's, that's it. So I guess this week we should probably start you know, by looking back um, on, on the main bit of news this week. That's why this podcast this week as well will also be shorter. But if you've got any comments and questions, then uh, get them in the live feed as always. Let's start by talking about what I think really, realistically is the main news this week and that is that Xander Diamonds, the former captain has uh, hung up his boots after a, a battle with injury what do you make of it Nate I think we sort of saw it come in with, with the tweet that Paul Anderson made but we were just waiting for it to be officially confirmed which it was earlier this week yeah um, disappointing uh, for him um, I, I I was looking forward to him coming back into the squad I thought he still had something to, to, to play and when I saw at the start of the season that he was given a, a squad number um, I hope that hey, we would see him again in a, a Mansfield Town shirt. You know, let's not forget last season you uh, did captain us for a while. I mean, him amongst about another ten other players, I think, at some <laughs> point. But you know, he did. Uh, he always put his um, you know body on the line for us. And um, for me, he'll go down as a legend just simply because he scored that one goal, that equalising goal against Chesterfield. Well, we included so. it in, in the in the opening uh, montage of the show as well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But by the same virtue of scoring a goal against Chesterfield, that makes Hayden White a legend at Mansfield. That's not. Well, also, it's really, I mean, I'm going to mean, Calvin Andrews a legend, and he's, yeah, exactly. he never did anything. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mal Benning's a legend. Yeah, the rise of Mal. To be fair, I think it has to be. A, I think it's only if you 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 score, score a goal you know. which. Yeah, a key goal, which is either a, a win or a, a late draw, yeah, as was and the Diamonds. Hayden White's was irrelevant, so he was in the middle of the game. Without, without, without the Hayden White's goal... <laughs> it wouldn't have been an equaliser, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
<laughs> I mean, Does it wow. Does so, I think? <laughs> Shane Paul Dingby couldn't do anything like that, isn't it? Oh, no, he's... Is there any need for this? <laughs> I don't know why. There, I don't know why. It's going from serious Thank you, good night. <laughs> 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 what, less than four minutes and you've turned malicious already. What is going on? <laughs> we ain't going to talk about that. I am. Implied on each other. Yeah. I mean, we could, but let's... Can we just leave that for the last episode of the series? Nice tea. It is nice tea. Thanks. So you're sticking up for me now, which is... Which is perfectly, perfectly fine. I'm but not said anything about all me, which is yes. like, yeah, I'm going to say yes. Can we get back to the topic in hand, please? Yes, yes. Zanny Diamond, what did you <laughs> what, what did you make of the situation then, Cam? Because I think, as Nathan, obviously a solid defender for us, it means that we are perhaps at a player short, and it will perhaps, you know, looking at the broader things, it's obviously sad for Xander, but you know, we've got a, technically a player off our books now, so that frees up a little bit of money to bring somebody in, doesn't it? It is disappointing. You look at some of the performances that Xander's had and you could probably say the games that he played he was probably one of the best players we've had on the pitch just that commanding figure at the back I wouldn't say that we particularly missed him as a player but he's always a good player to have and rely on he was always someone that was capable of bossing the defence but I, I wouldn't really say that we've missed him this season but like you said it is a player off the books he's Probably one of the players that came in on a a decent wage, considering he was at Northampton, which was League One level yeah, as well as when he arrived. Yeah. Mid table League One, so it's going to be another one of the players that are a bigger budget. So it gives us that opportunity. We can bring somebody else in if if we wanted to. We have got David Murphy, who's also out injured with a back injury. To be honest, out of the two, looking at the two, you know when they were both injured. If I had to put my money on anyone that was going to hang up the boots, it would have been Murphy yeah, because Murphy yeah. seemed to sort of come in for two, three games, get injured, then be out for two, three months, two, three games injured, out two, three months, and so on and so on. And and Xander seems sort of gone under the radar, yeah. though, hasn't it? Like, yeah, didn't see it coming at all. Um, and I mean, I'd, I'd probably slightly disagree with you a little bit, Cam, and say that I'd, it's weird to say we don't, we haven't really missed him just because it's it sort of it's like been forgotten about, but actually. I think we have a little bit. There's been games like Macclesfield away, for example, where you know Gibbons came on and obviously we want to see youth team players come on, but I think the second half he struggled a little bit. Would that have happened if we had someone with the calibre of Xander Diamond coming on? I'd that that little not. bit, I guess what you're trying to say is having that little bit of experience, experience in yeah. seeing a game out, which has completely made our problem this season. Yeah, so we probably have missed him, but we've just not really known it because he's not really being a part of it at all this season to know that you missed him as weird as it sounds like, it's, it's a strange one really but it's another interesting one as well because if you look sort of on paper he sort of started to go out of the side as Flitcroft sort of came in so there's a lot of rumours about that he wasn't getting on with Flitcroft but I think if you listen to the way Flitcroft has spoken about him in, in press and things like Keeping that so tabs on yeah. it went while to see whether he He'd make it through fitness and things like I that. I think he was. A, I think you know the way Flitcroft wanted to play last season. I think Xander was perhaps a, a big part of that, and I think he probably would have been maybe not as captain this year. Um, no. He could have been fit, but I, I think he would have been perhaps part of that. Been there or thereabouts. It'd have been a good player to have on bench, like you like these guys said, like against Macclesfield or something like that. That like Nate said to bring on just to see a game out or something like that, rather than kind of throw a young lad in. Which, like, also Nick said, we we want to see, but in certain instances, you also need that bit of 
steel and a bit of you level only, You only learn from those around you as well, don't you? So if you've got perhaps Lewis, uh, Lewis Gibbons who's um, playing alongside a, a Zander Diamond who's been there and seen it and done it, sometimes I think people forget... Yeah, obviously Pierce is captain, experienced player, but I think sometimes people forget that both him, Sweeney and Preston are all still young players yeah. really I mean Pierce is the most experienced out of them all I think it's what 28 um, and then yeah. you look at Preston and Sweeney they're still two young lads so that really when you've got Preston Sweeney and Gibbons as a back three is a, a young back three with not a lot of experience in there so perhaps that experience on the training ground would have, would help as well yeah yeah, 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 most definitely. Uh, keep your comments coming in on the live feed as well. I want to hear your comments tonight. Get your well wishes in for Xander Diamond and things like that. Also coming up tonight as well, we'll have a little talk uh, about the RH uh, Academy. Uh, myself and Cam have been down there twice over the last week. I mean, rumours about us not socialising as a, as whoa, a group. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I've got a problem about this. Yeah, I know. We didn't, it, we didn't about about it. About it. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about that. You're really? waiting for a washing machine and you was doing something else. I so was you not. Like, you never even asked me. I'm like, I was not happy. Well backed up, Cam. Well backed up. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've been down to a look at that this week, so we'll have a little talk about that, which also goes into the Zander Diamond thing as well. And mainly due to that, I think uh, being able to do that. I mean, I always rant about the reserves, um, but I had a bit of bad news last week. I had at this time last week I had two part-time jobs. I was let go from one of them on Friday, so I had a bit of spare time. So cheers for that. <laughs> also got less money, but you know, I've so also got half of the field still left mm. on my trainers. Yeah, and I mean, and in my he's, car he's as well. Yeah. You've also got half of the field in my bloody car as well, so you're, I'm charging you with a bill. Uh, anyway, <laughs> let's get back to the comments tonight before we lose them uh, all. Get your thoughts in for Xander Diamond. Callum says, Xander was a good leader, a strong defender, and most importantly, he scored goals. I think a lot of people forget that about Xander as well. He scored four for us, didn't he? Yeah, and he had the best song going. I'm sad we aren't going to have that song from now. He did, I know. Who, we'll have to have a little decide of who, who gets the Xander Diamond song, but there you go. Um, I don't know. No, not as in <laughs> current players Christian Pierce yeah it's got to be KP it's Simon this is magic it, no, no it doesn't quite go Simon I'm I mean, sorry. He doesn't, we all know that he doesn't wear magic hats Roger Roger says I'll talk about a different sort of hat uh, Roger says no complaints with uh, Xander and uh, <laughs> <laughs> moving on children and Gary says I always think back to the, to, the, to the crew game away last season and thought Murphy and Diamond would do well Diamond looked totally off the boil against crew at home the transition um, was a mystery to me uh, and Diamond was substituted first half and I think a lot of people forget he was probably playing with a knock that game um, which is why he went off was that um, the first game of the season? No, no well, it's, there's one later on. There's yeah. one more like 4 1 down at half. Right, yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. when we decided to do the Sunday SOS. Right? Yeah. If you remember. I remember one. And the yeah. Flickcroft, yeah. What, what days they were. Uh, and Callum also says, I always thought the song was pretty ridiculous, but the more he plays. What? The more oh, I okay, realised okay. he'd probably throw a, a brick back at you. So there you go. I yeah, it was a, he was a he was a proud. What you, he's not dead. He's just retired. Xander, <laughs> if you're watching or listening, I'm sorry. We Xander we, Diamond's not dead. He's just retired. <laughs> he all right. Jesus man, Christ, this is going down man already. Man today. Over here trying to put oh. everyone in grave before eagles. Well, that's it. Some wealth, you know. <laughs> it's not belong. Tell you what, he had the best name in football as well, Xander Diamond. What a name that is. What a name. Yeah. What a name. It wasn't great. I mean, I can't think of any better names to be honest. So, Chris I think, I think there's someone is. called um, Kevin Lasagna. Place. There is. Kevin, I, there's a Kevin Lasagna. Beef. 
And yep. it's sun beef. Seriously, there's someone called Kevin Lasagna. Just for the record. Just for the record. Just for the record. Before it's green. We, we were. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the best player play for Forest Green. We were, we were going to do. Me. We were going to do a podcast tonight, and I gave the option to these three about doing it, and they they also. I bet you're glad you had that. Yeah, I'm really glad, really glad. Can we get back to the, uh, the topic? Of, Come on, I know. Can we get back to the topic in hand? A uh, host. I, I know it's well, you know, sometimes. What we need a host. Can yeah, it? we do. Get we do. I'm, I'm out. Craig thinks he's the out. hostess with the mostess. I'm out. Um, you ain't got the legs right. <laughs> well, it's just, uh, this is live as well. This is live. Um, talking to Xander Diamond's retirement, of course, from, from football tonight. Keep your comments uh, coming in. I think one thing people forget, of course, is that he's only, what, in his, in his 30s. So he's still got a career ahead of him. But where does he go now? I mean, that's always the interesting thing for me when football finishes because there is a, such a short lifespan on the game of football, isn't there? You'll see him yeah. selling um, sausage rolls or something behind kiosk at the mill next Saturday. I don't quite think so. Sorry, Xander. <laughs> <laughs> I think with the opportunity. I know I said you were Scottish, but that's just worse. Well, you look at you look at a footballer these days. You look at the big footballers. You see a lot of them when they're done playing football, they always seem to either go into coaching or go into punditry. And in some cases, they go into both. And you look at the Nevilles; they do obviously part own Everything. Salford and coach and football punditry. There's so many different options, but for a lower league player, you look. You'd probably say that coaching probably the area that you could probably see him in. Do you not think it's an area of luck though? Because you know there are only X amount of jobs in football, and but there are more footballers that are retiring and stepping down each year. So it's it's such a limited field. I think it, they tend to go back to their old clubs, don't they? So um, I mean, I, I I remember when when the news broke on Twitter, I was reading through a lot of the comments, and a lot of them from the Northampton fans who were. Uh, all obviously uh, yeah, hold, hold him in high regard so would it you know if he was interested in coaching I, I don't really know him as a as a person you know his personnel whether that's something that he would want to do but um, you feel like if he was the, the chances that he's probably going to go is somewhere like Northampton uh, maybe with us I don't know but it's normally with an ex-club isn't it and that's where they get started and I mean I'm not saying we should just hand out coaching jobs willy-nilly but I think sometimes that you, you might need to you know, give those options to to players, but that, that's what worries me about that because you look at, you know, if you go to the from the very end of a career, you know, Xander Diamond retiring all the way back to the start of a career in a youth team, you've got what a squad of twenty twenty two players or whatever in a youth team. Let's for argument say 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 twenty. Realistically, through that process, how many are actually going to go into full time? Football, and when you say full-time football, you're talking conference up to obviously Premier League and and beyond. How many of that twenty players from one club is going to actually realistically make it? How, what would you your guess be, Si, of the twenty? Of a group of twenty, how many is realistically going to have the ability and the options to make it into full-time well, football? That depends on how good your coaching staff are. It does. That's another argument. How, how long your academy has been going? What level you're yeah. at? Yeah. How much money have you got to play? It's a very broad question. question. <laughs> you're steering away from the, steering away from the I would, answer. I would probably say about seven or eight. Cam? Us, for example, you've maybe had one decent player 
come out and make a first team appearance so you've so. gone seven you've gone one or two Nath if, yeah if you look at since the our academy has been back up and running I can't even really name one so so now is from, from the you're probably team, looking at about one for now but from, from the youth teams of the past you've had roll back a few years you'd probably say two I'd say three well, or four out of a good on average bunch. let's not talk about us. let's not focus on us let's talk about on, on average I'll go for on average for, for our league then I'll go for two or three okay, so, one, so let's four. for argument say, say two, let's say three from each 20 is going to go on to make it into professional football and get a contract what happens to the 17 yeah but that's different because they're young like when you've not made it as a footballer that's when you're going to go and go down other avenues of life and sometimes it, yeah you've got you've got options yeah but I, I, that, yeah exactly that. you're so young you can go and do other things you've, you've might have different career aspirations and that's where they probably say well you know I tried but football hasn't really been for me but it's a bit different for these pros that have been involved with football for uh you know, 10, 15, 20 years of their life. Well, just just for example, going back to the youth team from quite a few years ago, you look at someone like Adam Soms, he was playing regular, got a few starts in first team, ended up working in what's now or Staples corner at Retail Park, then he goes to America, he comes back and starts his own coaching thing. Doing quite well as well. But so there are opportunities, but it's just... It is what you make of it, but the point I'm trying to the point I'm trying to get to and I'm trying to make is, if at the start of your career, when you're starting out in your career, you're not being given those options. I think most clubs now, at a youth team level, certainly at football in the community, obviously we run a futsal program, which is with, where the kids leave with a level two coaching course and we try and get as many on apprenticeships as, as possible. But the kids, at, say eighteen, nineteen, perhaps leave with, you know a level one or a level two coaching badge but that's not going to get you a, a job and then you've got no work experience you've got no life experience because you've gone straight from secondary school or college straight into academy football and by the time you're 1920 when it's getting to that level of right we're going to hand you a first team contract or we're going to say thank you very much and see you later they've not got that experience and I think when you do make that grade and you do make that step up that prolongs and yes you have a career in the game for maybe another five years maybe another 10 15 years if you're lucky but there's still going to come a point where you're still young in, in midlife where you're going to hit a door and hit a hurdle where you, you're not going to know where you, to go with your life you probably say you could probably argue that's probably where jack thomas is at right now yeah so, you know he, he he's was a prime right example on the of that. fringe of uh, getting into our into our team and and things like that but yeah, where's he now at Baseford? I think. Baseford, yeah. Yeah, so you know, it's not it's not professional football, is it? So it's from what he was very pretty much involved in. So you probably get to that point now. Yeah, well, yeah, you can carry on playing football because you love it, but is it going to bring the money in? Is it is it a job? Are you going to make a, a living off that? Are you going to be able to provide for a family in the future and things like that? So uh, it's but and you sort of look back and you think of certain players that have done things a bit different Mickey Bolden for example when he came out of football he already had businesses running and things like that and I know other footballers that have done the same And I think there'd be quite a few in our squad like Bobby Lesnick does a lot of business we've yeah, got a good John, business head and John Thompson he, he already started his personal training yeah. sort of stuff before he went you know he hung up his boots so I think their players now are probably more forward thinking about what they're going to do after football whilst they're still playing so 
you know, I think it's it's, it's, it's up to the players, isn't it, to make that. So you think John Dempster had already got his, already got his foot in the door with the youth academy before he retired? Obviously, he made that transition from player for us, now coach for us, and won what three titles with his youth team? Three in a row. So yes. good pedigree to his his name, good pedigree to his CV. So he'll go on and do well in football. But there are so many others that don't. I think that's where you know we spoke spoke about mental health last last week, which I think was an important discussion. We've had some lovely comments about that, which is is great. But it it, it brings another argument, doesn't it? You know, when a player retires, I know Zander's got a young family, and I'm not saying this is going to directly happen to Zander, but there's that question of depression and you know other things taking over, like gambling and. You know, the, the, one name springs to mind when you talk like about this is Paul Gascoigne. You look at players of the past, football was the only thing they were ever able to do. Yeah. There weren't the opportunities to do punditry, there weren't the opportunities to do coaching, and it drove him up the wall. And you saw the state of him in newspapers, articles on Facebook, different bits and bobs a few years ago. Cleaned up his act now, and he's doing relatively alright for himself. Mm. But it's not everyone has them opportunities and it's sometimes some people live breathe football and then once you get to the end of it it's like what do I do now there is nothing else yeah do you think fans are sometimes blind to that side because we go to work well when you've got a job we go to work (laughs) if you want work if you want work we go to work you know Monday to Friday 9 to 5 and we work and we've always had that career and we've always had that career path and we've got those options but Perhaps we don't think about that, you know, sometimes when football is finished, they just go into like a footballing graveyard. It, uh, it's difficult because it it winds me up sometimes with that because you see football at not not so much at our level sort of thing, but the, the higher level and, and the moan that they've got like two games in a week and things like that. And it's like you sit there and you go, I go to work Monday to Friday, nine till five. You know, you've got it easy. You play an hour and a half every day, every week. What more do you do? So they must have some sort of a plan or I mean, something like that. There is more. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of training and strength condition. There's a lot of stuff they do have to do, but for the money they, I mean, higher than our level, for the money they get, you wouldn't think oh, yeah. even dead complain about something like that not at all yeah, not because at all. The, the money that we get the money that I'm on it took me like seven year yeah do you know to get near a week's worth of their wage yeah yeah but again the lower down the scale you go I know Xander's had a decent enough career um, and he would have you know had savings and, and what have you and stuff like that but you've still got you know, a family to support. You still got bills to pay. You still got food to put on the table. But they knew that when they we could become a fresh professional yeah. footballer. So I guess it's it's up to them to to make their own choices, isn't it? And prepare for that. They know that day's going to come. Everyone's going to come for everybody at some point in football. So he must he must have some sort of plan in place yeah. for him to say I'm done. Otherwise, it it's if you love football that much, you'd stick it out and try and beat the the injury sort of thing and get back playing and I think it's a, it's a selfless thing to do as well because you, the more time he would have spent on the injury table the more he would perhaps have to battle with himself and, and things yeah. like that as well but you know the more he perhaps knows that he's eating up club money and if he's not playing but he can see that the club is struggling sometimes it's a, a selfless act to say to the gaffer do you know what I, I'm going to step back here I'm going to hang up my boots because 
that will allow you to go on and, and get another player in, which is great. And I just think, I just hope, and I think that we will have, because I think obviously the chairman has got his head screwed on, as is Carolyn, and I think Flickcroft is great for things like this. I think we would have protected him and given him a, a, a decent sort of, not payoff if you like, but a decent exit and, and things like that. But I, for me personally, I just think that football in general, which is, you know, perhaps needs to tighten things up on that that front and give from the very grassroots when you get into academies give players and give kids and give people involved with football that broader look of options within the game can they go into the media can they go into coaching yes yes can they go into something which is completely separate to that you know like Accountancy or yeah, exactly. John, yeah, John Delaye became a teacher, as you say. You know, this, because they're so focused on football. Sometimes, as you say, there's no backup plan, mm. and I think we need to teach that, and we need to make Just sure that's a prime example. Known him quite a few years through the rugby, Kieran Kalp. Yeah, played rugby, played football, progressed through all that. Didn't quite make it through the youth team. Now works for Stags exactly. all year round. Kit man. Yeah, and all Develop, that sort assistant of stuff. development coach. I think is yeah. title at the minute, and, and so doing great. It, if you if you wanting to work hard enough, then the rewards will come to you. So there are opportunities out there, but you've you've got to work for it, and you can't just rely. Yeah, you've on got it. to want it, haven't you? Otherwise, yeah. it just not happen. It's about player mentality, isn't it? Really, and and how they drive themselves forward, and also I think a lot of that comes down to the coaches as well. Because you see so many coaches just sort of say, right, just go out and play your football, but sometimes you've got to have a coach who says you need to be thinking about you know you've not played a lot this season you've been injured you keep getting a recurring ankle injury have you thought about what you want to do if you don't quite make it and giving them options I think uh, that's that's a big part of the game for me uh, anyway but, but for me just going on that that for me would I, if I was the player that you were saying that to I'd be like Oh, so I'm not wanted then. That's a play. That's a play mentality, though, isn't it? Yeah, play mentality. I'd looked at it, me personally. I looked at it as I'm just being looked after by a coach. It's like, like that whole thing, isn't it? Twenty players in a group, but only three or two or three are going to make it. What happens to the What happens to the rest? Yeah. Uh, final thoughts on on Xander Diamond, what, Diamond. Your message to to him and. Uh, to him, Nathan. Well wishes for a future career. Before we move uh, this this sideways train on, yeah. <laughs> um, thank him for what he's done. You know, he, you know. I don't think you can fault him for the effort he put whenever he put on a stag shirt. And that's all you want from your players. So, obviously, it's sad that his uh, career's uh, come to an end early. But um, you know, fingers crossed, he goes on and uh, gets a lot from his life. Cam, yeah, just uh, wish him in all the best that he does whether it's he stays in coaching whether he goes and does a normal nine to five job whatever he ends up doing as long as he looks after himself looks after the family and yeah hmm. yeah just good luck to him uh, in future uh, shame we couldn't get more out of, out of him what he did what for us in his stag shirt be nice to have him as a solid defender because that's what he was when he played 
but good luck to him and all the best 23 appearances in total 4 goals goal scoring defender you always could rely on him for a, for a corner and obviously scored that goal against Chesterfield yeah, so it always be very fondly remembered indeed obviously wish him all the best with the can rest can we add his career. that how many days headache did he get after the Wickham game after about getting his head taken off oh yeah he, you can't say that he didn't put his body on the line oh no because he carried on yeah. after that exactly for a little while and then, yeah, he, got, then he got took off got taken ouch exactly it was a Owie tackle. Other, other bit of main news this week, which came out the, you know, the day after the podcast, was the greatest news. Obviously, it was the day of the royal wedding, but you could forget about the royal wedding because the main news on Friday was that Danny Rose knocked on the gaffer's door and the gaff went, Rosie, what can I do for you, Rosie? And uh, Danny Rose said, I want taking off the transfer list, please. And that was awful. You still need to work on that. That is awful. You. I should, I know. I've, I've got a lot of time. Please, sir. Flick Croft's a bit timid. That's <laughs> all. Flick Croft's a guy. Flick Croft's not too bad. Oh, Mary. That's what I've got. Oh, Mary. But seriously, my bad impressions aside, great news, Nate. Yeah, I think we sort of knew it was coming after his interview. Uh, was it Burry or one of the games yeah. that came out was it after the North 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 it was yeah and obviously he came out and uh, hinted that you know he, he wants to come off the transfer list he's going to have talks and everything like that so we was hoping it would come and I think it just um, puts it to bed now I just hope I hope we you know everyone can draw a line under it and uh, now let's just get on with it and judge him by his performances and uh, you know what's done is done forget about that uh, you know, I still think he's playing well. And uh, in Flickcroft's interview earlier this week, I think it was when he was saying about even Danny's command himself, and he's been sort of measuring his own performances, and uh, and he still thinks he should have scored a lot more. And he's disappointed with himself in that sense. So he's setting himself high targets. Um, he feels like the, the fans get him a lot of support, and I, I think we are. We're doing good with that, which is a surprise for for our fans sometimes. Um, so no, like I say, it's, uh, we can only move forward from here. Well, as you mentioned there, Nath, uh, let's hear from uh, David Flickcroft speaking about Danny Rose earlier this week. I think when you look at you know what was made of it and, and potentially being unsettled and um, people getting in Danny's head and, and his advisors at times, then you know I've, I've waited for Danny and I said to the chairman from day one, we've got to let Danny come to us and, and ask us to be taken off the list because you know. I think what, and I said it at the time, the, the biggest thing in the decision is probably how, how the supporters, and I'm calling supporters, supported Danny through that time and, and they probably realised he had made a mistake, you know, going seeing the chairman and asking for a, a request to leave the club. Um, but then his performances since then and certainly like the West Brom performance coming on and the energy and the quality that, that, that he possessed, um, I think that change sort of everyone's view on it and Danny's view that he was loved here he had a home here uh, we are trying to build sort of a family environment where players you know want to be here want to stay here and, and come through this journey you know with us and um, it, it, it was brilliant news because I think it settled him and I think the window closing does that I think it's naturally that um, a transfer window closing gives someone a focus and a concentration that um and they assess and reevaluate where they are, and I think Danny's done that. I think he's, and the reception from the supporters have been the major factor in it. I really do, um, you know. And, and he's embracing the change on the training ground. Um, he's definitely improving. 
and um, you know we've had the performance in terms of his running power, running potential, you know, and and the quality and the chances that he's um, that we're providing for him and that we're creating. Uh, and now it's just putting that last bit, you know, that that last bit of of, of the work, uh, that final bit, uh, converting them chances. Uh, he said the other day, you know, he said, I, I mean, I mean, in terms of stats and goal scoring in the last few games, you know, I'm, I'm I'm doing okay. He said, but I could have had sort of eight, nine goals with the chances he's got, and I think that that's hurting Danny. He's a goal scorer. He wants to score goals. He wants to score goals for us, uh, the football club, and um, you know. And 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 I do believe that that'll will turn and and it'll get hatfuls because we are creating the chances and and we're creating good quality chances and uh, you know he, he puts defenders when when Danny's at his best he puts defenders under severe pressure mentally and physically and uh, that's what we've seen over the last four or five games he probably lost sight of that you know why he was here and that you know there is a bigger cause when you're a striker I think naturally strikers are selfish um, in the pursuit of getting goals which is a brilliant trait to have but then understand the bigger picture that you know you know there's an ambition there should always be an ambition to, to get out of the league and strive for you know success um, that's daily you know you've got to have that ambition David Flitcroft speaking to uh, I follow earlier this week great to hear uh, from him talking about Danny Rose of course great to have him uh, back in the mix uh, as well which is uh, which is fantastic and um, Simon was talking as we always do then off air about um, the way as Flitcroft said in his comments the way Rose has actually improved. You think he's a better player this season? I do, I do. Um, his work ethic and things like that. I, he's always been a hard-working striker, but I think this season, I just think he's he's kind of putting that extra percentage on top. To be honest, uh, I think in his own head, he's got a point to prove to the players, uh, to the fans that you know he wants to be a Mansell Town player, and even though he hasn't. Even though, yeah. yeah. But we'll let it stay in his head because if he's if he's yeah. got that thought, then he's he's getting that extra yeah. twenty percent. And it's and it's nice to hear him say he's 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 okay with his goal scoring ratio. But it's good to hear that you know he's disappointed that he's not on eight or nine or even ten by now. And I think the thing with that, as you were saying, Cam, as well, is the fact that he's had that staggered start. We, I think a lot of people forget. I think we're Danny Rose's in terms of his match fitness and he, he, the way he's playing them, but it's actually quite remarkable when you consider he was injured in pre-season, therefore didn't play at all. The whole transfer saga didn't come out until after all the pre-season games had finished. It was in that little window before the end of... Um, pre-season and the season had started it's perhaps two or three games behind everyone else but he's done remarkably to catch up and I think he's looking a lot better for it um, I disagree I can tell can I, I don't say know, it, it say it <laughs> it's that thing of he has had that little bit of extra time he can watch the team play he doesn't have to be involved in the team to, he can watch the play rather than trying to be part of it he can see how the team's playing and try and see where he can fit in, how he can impact the Still game. Balls. Exactly. And then, so when he's come back into the team, fair enough, it's taken him what one or two games to finally get there, up to full match fitness. But then he's scoring goals again. So, I, like you've said, he's better off this season. But I think that's because he's had that little bit of extra time. That little bit of extra time. 
to be able to adapt and adjust. So obviously, how Flickcroft wants to play in the last season is completely different to this season because we've got the players to play what he wanted last season, but better. So it seems to fit in a bit better than what he did last season. Gary in the comments, uh, good evening to you, by the way, says, if Danny had gone, would we would have struggled. All of the strikers that left State in the summer are not scoring regularly. He's a good player and a great playmaker when up front on his own. He's also, uh, I'm going to add to that comment, one of our best defenders as well at times. Yeah, <laughs> oh, wins. Unbelievable, yeah. absolutely unbelievable. Set Alshnick's goal against Northampton, first one. The best one for me. The best one for me was um, his goal at Cambridge because he got at the end of his own bloody flick on, which was, <laughs> was just <laughs> incredible. But I think he's, he, he seems to have got his head down, Nate, a little bit more. He started working. And one thing I am seeing this season from him a little bit more is he's not sort of he's not restricting himself to being on the edge of the opponent's box and just making those runs to get on the end of crosses yeah. he's dropping a lot deeper into the midfield he's starting to pick balls up he's starting to play little passes and yeah, get I people into play I feel that's his mentality I just think like we said earlier like he feels like he's got something to prove and I think the only way he's going to do that is by wanting the ball and trying to make things happen uh, so that, that for that I think his, his, his confidence is up so he's coming back to pick up the ball and I, I don't think he really is a goal scorer as in he obviously is scoring goals for us but if he was a goal scorer I think he'd have scored more if you know, if you know what I mean I don't think yeah. he's one of these that you know you're going to think he's going to score every time he's in front of goal because he, do, he does miss quite a lot and I think he's only going to get better at that it's not a Massive criticism. What, get better at missing? No, better at scoring. He's got into more of that deep lying playmaker role this year, hasn't yeah, he? Just sort it, of dropping back a little bit and allowing players to get around him and things to shape around him. What I, what I really like about it is that when he does do that, I feel like something's going to happen. You know, yeah. I, I actually trust now. I sort of get a bit excited about it, and I think I, I do think now oppositions as well are going to sort of still dread coming up against him because not only is he being a playmaker and he's hungry to you know to, to play well and win these headers and, and you know link up the play but he can also score so and if that carries on improving we've got a hell of a player on our hands well yeah. I think it just comes back to the Northampton game him uh, CJ and Akko out on the uh, just under the um, west end in the bottom corner just I think it was it was either the third or fourth goal. Just the link up play between them three, yeah. And then for Danny to just like back off, but then go and get in the box for a perfectly good cross to come in, and he just sticks it back at net. It's that being able to link the play as well as being able to finish it as well. And I think that's something we didn't see from Danny last season. Last season it was just goals, 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 goals. But now he, he does play the ball a little bit more rather than just being the target man to get a flick onto. I've got. Two criticisms, crit- criticisms with him. One is obviously he's not scored, like his conversion of actual chances is probably still a bit low, but I think that's going to improve anyway. So it's not a massive criticism. I'd rather him try and shoot than, than not. But I wish, wish he wouldn't go on the floor so much. I don't think <laughs> I know, know, he does it all the he's, time. He's not a very big player though. That's and, the and only... is, it, is it his figure or is he reluctant to go down? I mean, not reluctant, but does he just like going down a lot? I think sometimes he does try and play on it. He does throw his head back sometimes and tries to. And it, sometimes it works, in all fairness. But then there's other times where, you know, referees see him doing it so early and then actually sometimes when he does get fouled, they're not yeah. doing it because they see him do it all the time so that's my only criticism to it I don't think he has to do that yeah I think the only striker I've seen not do that in a Manchester shirt is Barker 
N- he never was on the floor. No. He just <laughs> battled and battled. Sometimes I think, like you say, Nate, you know, if you if you try one early doors, because it's that it's sort of that um, kidding mentality, isn't it, of, of trying to just get cheap free kicks and yeah. stuff. If you try one early doors and it doesn't come off, and then for the rest of the game, the referee's just going, "Ah, oh, he's going down again. He's going down again. I'm not going to trust it." Mm-hmm. And then when a, a foul does happen, it's, it's not given. So perhaps there's that a little bit, but it's just great to see him off that transfer list because that kills everything for, for January. It just mm. gives us that well. sole focus. No, I, <laughs> I no, don't think nobody's coming until January. Whether clubs come in for him or, or whatever now, listening to what Flickcroft has said and judging the situation and watching his body language and things like that, he is 150,000 million trillion billion percent brought into that I'm going to develop my career and go on to a high level with Mansfield Town Football Club I'm going to play for these fans I'm going to play for this manager and I'm not going to listen to the outside influences I'm going to trust me and my ability but do you not think what will dictate that is how we're doing on the pitch what if we're still lingering at the bottom half of the you know, hopefully we're not but just for argument's sake what if we are Living towards the bottom end of the table come January. I think if we and, were, uh, and the offer comes in, which the chairman accepts. I think if we were bottom six, bottom seven, I think you might see some movement. But I I'd, I'd think it would take a huge, huge bid and a huge opportunity to do a full circle from where we are now with Danny Rose being focused on Mansfield Town. But as well, what you got to think about as well, there's still a lot of games to play between January and end of season. Oh, yeah, well, so we'll come so, on to that. Yeah. You know, a lot of them on the road. <laughs> money, we money, money. It's a rich uh, world. Bottom seven, January, but who's to say that, like, come May, that we're not, like, seventh? Just a prime right. example, exactly. Northampton, when they won the league, they were bottom of the table, what? Yeah. Not November, December time. So... Exactly. Football's a a strange game. Anything can happen. It's a long season. Uh, Final comments on Danny Rose. Roger says that goal against Northampton summed him up. up, Never gave up. Uh, And Gareth says his goal at Berry was out of nothing whatsoever. Expect guts and cheek against his old. Except guts and cheek against his old team. And that's the thing. He's going for those little. Um, little little niggles and little balls isn't he he's putting the pressure on he's not dropping back and saying right come on and lump it up he's going to say right you're going to play it because if you don't play it I'm going to pounce so that's thing it's like um, I saw a lot on like banter pages Berry fans were going absolutely ape about it oh he shoved the goalkeeper he's pushed it out of his hands he dropped and then, it and their manager came out and said oh no perfectly good goal oh, yeah, dropped goalkeeper it. dropped it and keepers make mistakes and what's more as well and this, and this sums Danny Rose up yeah. didn't celebrate no. yeah. didn't, no, didn't. didn't even celebrate he sort of ran off and then just started strolling and he almost like strolled apologetically back to the halfway line (laughs) which was great but goals 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 please Daddy that's that's all that we want obviously um, there was no football in terms of first team action uh, in Skybet League 2 on Saturday but there was a behind closed doors game at Birmingham a one or draw Shark um, uh, Shark Barra Shark Barra scored in the 99th minute no I had no idea Um, but I, as we'll, we'll hear again from Flickcroft in a, in a minute but important isn't it to not stagnate that period so from memory and I might be wrong and I'm sure people on the internet if I am wrong will shoot me down and make, and make, make it known that I'm wrong we were I know you were um, <laughs> the last time there was an international break I don't think there was, there was that in um, there was that uh, tra- that turnover there was that that ticking over of games so it's important for me that Flickcroft got that game in there against you know what was a a good opposition 
I'm trying to think if we did play. When did we play Doncaster? Was that was that then? Oh, um, yeah, Doncaster. That was a res- that was a reserves though. Yeah, it was reserves, but it was still. And that was after a, that was, was after a game. We're just was trying to shoot you down, we got. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. I know we, 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 we played Doncaster at some point. Just a just a shower. Really. That was the week after the first game after the international break. Yeah. Anyway, let's not dwell on that. But yeah, but yeah, importantly, I think I think we are you are right in saying that. Obviously, I remember after that international break. I think we all said that we sort of did miss playing because when we came back who did we play after excellent it was the only loss so far we, we said that we did pretty well for the first 60 60 65 minutes but then we sort of ran out a bit of energy sort of thing didn't we and we, we said that was it because we didn't have that game the week before and we just lost that bit of match sharpness so I think obviously it's only a positive that we did go out and uh, and, and find a friendly against a good opposition who it sounds like they played a, a decent uh, decent team with Omar Bogle uh, which uh, a couple of saying Omar uh, Omar Bogle <laughs> I think one, Oars, I think one massive positive to this international break compared to the last one is the fact that we're coming back into a game and it's one that the players want to win and the manager wants to win Yeah, obviously Matt Preston got a point to prove he said in his match interview uh, with which we'll, hear, yeah. which we'll hear shortly he wants to go there and win as does Flitcroft he's got there to go and prove a point that he's a good manager he's, he's doing his doing a good job at Mansfield he just wants to go and prove them wrong very so. interesting comments from that on the Flitcroft Swindon situation he spoke about you know living having to live away from his family for a bit and having to live down there and he was I think a, a key part of his movie is definitely in the training ground because he was talking about training leisure centres, not having the facilities to be able to play and, and implement certain things. Sounds because, like us going back ten years. I know. Okay. Because it, that's the thing is that you know when you're if you're training on say in a leisure centre, you can only hire that hall or that three G pitch for one or two hours. You've not got that time to or that space because sometimes you train on a third of a pitch. Mm. You've not got that space to work on team shape and not got that comfort to make it your own have you so yeah, I think just the whole mentality of it is just not being your own either I think yeah. that is just a big thing really but massively I, I've been listening to that these comments about Swindon and you obviously mentioned a lot about sort of living there to me it sounded like he wasn't very happy there I mean he tried to say it in a respectful way but that's sort of how I was reading it but um I was going to say but I, 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 as Cameron said I think he's going to want to go there and m- really prove a point because at the end of the day I don't think the fans appreciated him much because obviously when he did leave I think a lot of people came out and saying they were relieved weren't they so and yet the two well, games against you know, us I'm yeah, just back yeah. that yeah. Swindon was probably the best team that come to Field Mill last season yeah. and played as a foot park F- yeah. Facebook memories are a, a, a quality thing I was looking the other day because it was I think a year ago I think it was a year ago last Saturday on Saturday when we played them at home and it was I think the worst we played under Evans I just remember writing on Facebook something about you know, if you have a mate round, you don't invite them to build a double story extension, do you? You don't invite them to move the living room round and, you know, have a little go on the missus, do you? You know, it's, I think, we, I, I spoke about us being, being too respectful and, and being too, um, too open and, and, you know, to say that was a flick off side, I think we're now seeing that because we are doing that to teams and we're just not getting the final click I think if we were you know if we were putting 2 or 3 nil each week we wouldn't be I think we'd be a lot happier wouldn't we but 
There's somebody that still wants him out. Oh, of course there is, yeah. yeah. Oh, I can God. think of at least three or four. Oh. Not going to name names, no, it's very unfair. <laughs> but there you go. Yeah. Uh, let's hear from David Flickcroft. I think it's about time we hear from uh, Dave again. Yeah. Uh, he's been talking about that game um, behind closed doors at Birmingham on Saturday. Uh, and he gave his reasons uh, to, as to why he wanted to play that game. Let's hear it from the stage manager speaking to iFollow earlier this week. More trying to keep the, the plays in the rhythm, rhythm of work, um, so it allowed us to get a good sort of uh, tactical training session under our belt Friday, um, and then put that into practice on the Saturday and, and some of the things that we'd wanted to work on, uh, potentially for the Swindon game. Uh, we had a good look at that, and and, and it just giving players good game minutes uh, and, and just keeping them really in that Saturday to Saturday or Saturday Tuesday routine. Uh, was was probably quite key um, for quite a few of the players, you know, getting them them game minutes, lads that needed it, um, and and you know it gave us a chance to uh, get ninety minutes under, you know, Gibbo's belt, um, Bobby and and Conrad shared sort of forty five minutes each, kept them in a rhythm, um, but it was just a good game because you know Gary Monk and Birmingham and the. Um, it wasn't sort of a 21s team you know they had some top players playing um, Conor Mahoney and Omar Bogle and Mark Roberts you know some some real senior pros um, you know so when I knew what team you know Gary was putting out it was a great test for us and, and again part of Gibbo's learning experience playing against Omar Bogle um, you know it's a fantastic learning experience better than putting on a training session you know here against players that he knows um, but they did it right, you know. It, the the the, um, the sort of second string, if you like, fringe players. The attitude and, and the, the application that they put in the Birmingham team was phenomenal, you know. So we had to match that. We had to uh, combat that and work against that. And um, you know, our application w- was fantastic as well. So it was a real good exercise, and um, you know, it's something that I think when when you've got a development environment, when you've got a learning environment, the best way to do that. We took the lads to up to Doncaster to play up there a few a few weeks ago, and you know, it's just a different stimulus for me. Um, when I look back at being a player, I, I love training. The training was was everything to me, but you know. Playing a game, playing against competition, there's, there's no better feeling. It doesn't matter where it's at for me. Uh, just giving yourself that competition and um, and going representing yourself more than anything. That's what them games are about. So uh, now it was a good exercise. We shared it around. Uh, we we balanced it out. You know, over the last sort of two or three weeks, who's played sort of the most uh, and who needed sort of uh, just taking down a little bit on the game minutes. But it just gives you an opportunity. Like I said, you know, Gibbo. Uh, to play another 90 minutes um, he's, he's you know him and Jordan Graham and Lawsy are playing in the reserves you know this afternoon um, keep him in that game mode that game rhythm and um, that, that's important David Flickcroft there speaking to iFollow earlier this week if you want to watch that in full mansfieldtown.net forward slash iFollow is the place to be we're speaking there Nathan obviously about um playing against an opposition in in a more competitive fixture I think when you've got that massive break between league games especially when you look at our schedule coming up what have we got four of the next five games are away from home Mm. I think you've got to have that competitive having that competitive game in there just keeps players ticking over a little bit more doesn't it rather than playing you know against 
just against each other against yeah. players you, you're familiar with well he said it in his interview didn't he you go into it with a completely different mindset and for for the likes of oh wait he said for for Lewis Gibbons obviously having to defend against the likes of uh, Omar Bogle and, Omar. And, and a few other and players that he doesn't know but I think it goes for the whole squad no matter whether uh, you're young or an experienced player I think you go in there and it's a competitive game even though it's a friendly you still want to go out there and beat the team that's put in front of you and I don't think I mean yeah you might have a little bit of uh, friendly competitiveness between your own teammates but it's just different turning up at a, at a ground you know and you're preparing it as a game and I think you even said you know they sort of worked on it tactically the day before so I think they treated it as a proper game and I think that that mentality that approach yeah. is, 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 is the key isn't it absolutely and, and the fact that it was against Birmingham I mean yes obviously it's probably a, a reserve side sort of thing with a few of the first teamers fringe players in there but mm. it's still against a high quality side so it's only a positive thing to go and do yes, and it's, I think um, as we'll hear from Matt Preston in a minute as well I think the players viewed it in that way as well side, which is a positive thing as well if, if they know that they're approaching it as a competitive fixture a chance to go and win you know three three points in yeah. the commas um that competitiveness gets drilled into the head rather than it just turn up and saying, oh, we're just playing the training game. Well, like Nathan says, they want to win every game, whether it's a friendly or not. And um, I think Dave's, like, put that into the head as well. And if we want to, you know, progress in this league, we've got to keep his fitness levels up and things like that. So, therefore, yeah, they, they might have took it a little bit easier than what they would have done in an actual league game, but it would have still have been competitive to keep the, the fitness levels up and it's something that we didn't do the last time that you know we went to an international so it might be good it might be a good thing that we've done this just to keep them focused on the job in hand and you know keep them focused for Swindon and I think that's that's what we need isn't it that it's, it's that focus and that approach of it's not an international break we're not having a break because we've got three or four players missing we're a collective we're going forward and yeah. it doesn't matter whether it's a checker trade game whether it's an FA Cup game whether it's a League 2 game or whether it's a friendly behind closed doors it's a game mm. it's a winnable game and yet we still drew yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's sit here from the players though and get their perspective on it of course uh, and a bit of a different defence around him because both Pierce and Sweeney were off on international duty Preston goes back to his former club um, on Saturday as well back to Swindon but let's first of all hear from him and hear what he has to say uh, on the mentality and the thinking and the reasoning behind that game behind closed doors at Birmingham on Saturday let's hear from Matt Preston speaking today to I Follow. It was a good test for us um, I can see why the gaffer wanted to play the game um, you know we've not been getting the, the, the results that we've been wanting out of a few of these games and um, I think to have been given a weekend off when when things aren't going quite the way we want to would have been um, would have been tricky but yeah I can understand why I wanted to play it was uh, it was one of them games where you have to be uh, self-motivated to try and play in it and uh, I think that we were um, you know they put up quite a good team uh, I mean it wasn't that many first team players obviously but you know they put up quite a good team so it was always going to be a tough test and uh, it, was a, it was a good game. The number one thing I, in my opinion to, to that is uh, being drilled on shape um, in it, like where to be when when they have the ball in it, in regards to uh, defensive shape, um, knowing like where each player has to be, uh, 
knowing like um, when you lose the ball, the, the, the rough shape that we have to fall back into and being tough in general to break down. Um, I think as a back three slash back five at times, uh, we're very well drilled on where we need to be. And um, yeah, just the sort of defensive mentality that we have is just uh, is robust, I'd say. Um, I mean, like I've said before in the past, I hold no sort of any sort of bad thoughts towards Swindon. They've uh, they treated me like you know like one of their own since I, from the time I joined. But of course, I want to go there and win. Who doesn't want to go there and, and beat the team that they've been at? Um, but yeah, like I say, I don't hold any sort of bad thought towards them. They treated me so, so well. The players, the staff, the fans, all of them. I mean, it would be good to go back there and see a few of the old players that I've, that I've played with. Um, I've had a few messages off a few of them saying they're going to uh, give me some stick, but um, we'll just see how it goes. Matt Preston speaking to you. I follow Stags early today. If you want to watch that interview in full and get yourself over to mansfieldtown.net forward slash I follow. Obviously spoke about there. He's obviously spoke about Swindon. Comes that in a minute, but he spoke about that finally uh, again, Nathan. The key word and the key phrase in there for me was that you've got to get self-motivated. And I think if the players can see that, that's that's a positive for me. Because how many times have we had? Uh, have we been to reserve games and, and we've we've seen where players just aren't bothered and are asked to turn up for a game? There's just no point then if that's going to be the attitude, is it? Cause, uh, uh, as we've mentioned, that it's not just been put on for the sake of it. And he even said at the very beginning of the interview, I mean, the reason why they they, they did that and didn't get a week at off is because we haven't been getting the results. You don't deserve it. Exactly, that's pretty much Basically, what, what, that's, yeah. that's the undertone of it, isn't it? So, yeah, definitely. I mean, if you're not performing at work, then... You're not going to get your bonus. Exactly. Even when you are performing at work, sometimes you like you get like yeah. that's the story. Uh, let's talk about fixtures uh, coming up this uh, month, and obviously a lot of game time. And I think that's another uh, important reason um, as to why that game uh, took place. That collectiveness, because we are going to be playing Saturday, Tuesday. I'm surprised a little bit that we didn't play um, the reserves. It didn't play a more stronger side in reserve on Tuesday. We went to the RH, um, but I can understand why because. You do tend to pick the phone up to a, an opposition manager and say, "What type of side are you sending?" And I think there would have been no benefit other than match minutes to play against. Oh, that's the thing. If, if, if we'd have put out a decent strength squad, we'd have smashed them to pieces because we looked pretty dominant. Even playing, I say the reserve, uh, the youth team. You've got John Graham there, Paul Anderson, Lewis Gibbons, Niall Blake, Henry Wilder, Lewis Gibbons. You say and and uh, Jordan Graham, Jason Law, another lad as well called Tom Fielding, who Flick Cross been raving about this yeah, week. Yeah, he joined from, I think Leicester, but I might be wrong. Um, can't remember. Can't quite remember. Very good. Finish. He scored the goal. He was great Very finish. Good. Yeah, but as you say, you know, you probably got seven or eight in there who were gonna who were training with the first team, and it was the right for them. But if we'd have played the likes of Otis Khan, the Likes of you know Jacob Mellis, who perhaps needs minutes, Callum Butcher, etc., etc. It wouldn't have been as much of a benefit as what it, it, was it wouldn't have been fair on either team because you think Grimsby obviously they still played their youth team, they're trying to develop. So playing a team that they're going to come up against in opposition yeah. in their league or whatever, then that's going to benefit them because it means that they can. Um, Get, just advance more same with us we're not going to develop as much as we want by playing a bunch of kids and smashing them across the park exactly I think that's why I like Flickcroft as a manager because no doubt he would have you know, picked up the phone and said to the Grimsby manager what sort of side do you intend on, on, on sending and we'll match that accordingly we'll make sure it's fair for both teams because you know it could have 
could have very easily given the players the weekend off on Saturday and not played a, a, what was a stronger Birmingham side and then put them all in the reserves, won 6 or 7 nil, and then gone into Saturday and been like, you know, the repeat of the extra game. Yeah. yeah. It's about balancing it sometimes. Been, I think like I said, no benefit to that, would they? No it's benefit whatsoever. No benefit whatsoever. Uh, fixtures, take a deep breath for this, Greg. Here we go then. Uh, so, we are the next five games. We've got one at home, which is a standard backlog of fixtures to get through. Starting with Swindon on Saturday, away from home. Morecambe in midweek, away from home. Then MK Dunn's at home on the 27th, followed by the rearranged fixture at Crewe on the 30th. Into November, on the 3rd of November, it's an away trip to Cheltenham. Let's hope for a much better performance uh, there than what we put in last year. Followed by the rearranged game with Grimsby at home on the 6th. after that, it's FA Cup weekend. The draw for that is on Monday night at 7 o'clock. BBC, I think, could carry the draw again. Yes, this um, Monday or... This coming Monday, FA Cup draw. So could no be, doubt, it'll probably be Carlisle away. Yeah, like could be away again. I'm hoping for <coughs> anybody at home... Lowest ranked team at home. Peterborough at home. Anybody at home or a local-ish side away or a ground that I've not done away from home. Um, following that, obviously, Scunthorpe at home in the Checker Trade Trophy. Need a point in that game to uh, win the group and therefore secure uh, a home tie in December. I think it's December anyway, in the next round of the uh, next load of fixtures in the... In the check trade, which would be, I'm just having a little look. Yeah, uh, we commence in third December. Will be the uh, the next game in the which is trade. also the um, second round of the FA, FA Cup, Cup. Yeah, that week. That week, so oh, fun. Busy fixture. When I get to Scunthorpe at home, um, followed by Port Vale at home on the 17th, Lincoln away on the 24th, and Crawley at home on the 27th. We've got to be. If you look at that block of fixtures, obviously a lot of time spending on the road at the, at the, the forefront of that we've got to start picking up these three points I'm looking at the next three games and yeah we've got tough tough ties MK Dunn's is going to be a tough tie they've started well under Tisdale but I'd be looking at at least seven points from those three games yeah mm, yeah Oh, I think we need it now. I, it's hard when you're away from home you sometimes think you'd, pick, you'd be happy with a couple of draws but I think with the start we've had of not winning I think we probably just we do need seven points now we need to start picking up that momentum a little bit don't we and start getting over over that threshold and that you know get to that point where we're starting to win games and we're starting to look dangerous because when you get through that initial block of let's look at it as a block of five obviously four of those games are away from home so a lot of travelling um, to do you know, a lot of different places to go, come up against different teams. If you can take from that block of five a good run of form into the home game, into the home game, because after that five where we've got four away and one at home, we then, especially if we get a home cup game, we've got a good run at home. So we need it, it's that transferable form, isn't it, and, and kicking off. So that's the thing. You, you just look at the, the table, and the, the one massive thing that sticks out is that we've got two games in hand over everyone above us except Oldham who had their game at Notts County called off on Saturday if we win both our games as long as we keep winning yeah if we win both of them games that'll take us up to 7th place have we got the legs to do Saturday Tuesday we've got obviously Bishop coming back from suspension after the Swindon game he's not available for that but I'm sure he'll be straight back in against uh, Morecambe obviously you've got Pierce and Sweeney who back up international duties and Amari um, have we got the legs 
to get through it. Obviously, we've seen Alex McDonald, which is a big, big loss. Alex would probably but tail end of that fixture run, wouldn't it? Yeah, Roughly. looking more towards perhaps Lincoln, Crawley, sort of. Way so you, we're going to be missing him for a while still, then. Um, I don't even think it's down to the whether we've got the legs. I think it comes down to a lot of the players' attitude. I think. If you're a player and you're looking at a fixture, it's like, oh, the amount of games that we've got there, I can't be bothered. We we can't go into games having that attitude. We can't go into games where it's like, oh, they're, they're only a point above us or they're mm. a load of points behind us. So it, it can work both ways, to be honest. You can see it as if we win, then it's like, oh, great. You know, we've got Tuesday night to come. Everybody's up because we won on Saturday. You know, we've got Tuesday night to come. Or if we lose, it's like, right, we've got a chance to put it right now. Next I think game. that's yeah. the key thing, isn't it? Because they are so close together, there's no time for dwelling now. We've had that period yeah. of, of having to wait a week to, to get a result. I mean, even in some respects, you know, Saturday can't come quick enough because we've not had that League Two game to put to right the wrongs and bury. So mm. we, because of the postponement. So now that they're coming thick and fast, this is the time now to really start to make ground and start to... As, as much as people complain about the fixtures um, getting postponed, the, the fi- even though we've had fixtures con- postponed, the fixtures in other the results in other games have gone our way. It means that we've got the opportunity if we can win the games in hand that we've got, which are against <coughs> lower lower end teams. Um, so what, what is it, Crew and Grimsby? Lower end teams, they're games that we should be winning. Or, uh, in another way, we've got to be winning them. The only downside to that is, is Mansour always struggle against lower end teams. Whereas we didn't, Grimsby at home last season we smashed across the park, and Grimsby away was a horrible one last year just because it was boxing. We just game. never went Grimsby away yeah. for some. Yeah, yeah, yeah Grimsby away right. is different, but Grimsby at home we don't tend to do too badly. But it is swings around. I'd, I'd rather have points on board than games in hand. Like I say, looking at that, you know, the next three games, a minimum of six. Um, I'd be happy with seven and be delighted with nine. <laughs> it'd be great. Yeah. The only thing that worries me about that period is, is our defence, as in if we pick up any injuries. That, that yeah. is the only thing that bothers yeah. me is, is injuries when we've got games so close together. Like this, this sort of this fixture just gone. We sort of knew that that's been postponed a little bit with the players we had out. Had out. Now we're not going to have that opportunity this next month. If we've got players out, we've got to, we've just got to play it. So um, when they're so close together, if, if even if you have one player pick up a niggle, that would only be a week. Well, a week in that period is going to be two games. Because so. when you think about the, the way that alters the training schedule as well, you know, you, sometimes you've got those three, four days to prepare for the next game. You're having to pre- double prepare for, for for two games. You know, when you're travelling, you, that takes it out of you a little so bit. That's as well. if, if we're going on the same as what we did last season, which was anything over an hour and a half, we stayed over. Well, we are staying over for Swindon. We are training. That leaving means that we've only that. got one training day, which, which was is today, which is with a full squad yeah. with Pierce Sweeney. And then back, we've had one day after that tomorrow game with travel. After that game, we've got Sunday. Uh, Sunday after we've obviously travelled back Sunday. Yeah. So we won't train Sunday. We've got Monday, and then we'll probably travel out what midday. That's if there's not a plan to stay together collectively and go from A all the way to, to Morecambe and train, find a base to train. Exactly. So we're going to be struggling for training between them two games and then we've got the same problem against Morecambe. You're not going to be training again until probably later 
midday, afternoon, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It certainly disrupts the schedule, doesn't it? What we need in that time uh, of uh, tough schedule is leadership, which brings us nicely on uh, to Christian Pierce. Obviously, made his uh, second international appearance. One that he'd probably want to forget, though, um, <laughs> over the last uh, week or so uh, for him. Uh, but let's hear from the state's captain who's been speaking about um, this season as a whole and how he feels uh, being able to be the one who leads the team out. Here's the thoughts of Christian Pierce speaking to iFollow earlier today. I think we've been playing some good football. Obviously, we haven't got the results we, we feel we deserved. But I think we've always been stronger in the second half of the season. So if we can start picking up wins from now, when it comes to the second half of the season, we'll, we'll do well. We've got one of the best defences in the league. Obviously, we've got a lot of clean sheets so far. Um, and obviously, we need to improve on scoring more goals as a team. It's going to be a tough game. Obviously, it's the Gaffer's old club, so it's going to be a bit of, a bit of rivalry there. So I take pride as a defender of trying to keep clean sheets and get as many as possible. So obviously, as a collective, we're all trying to work towards that and get as many clean sheets as possible. We always want to keep a clean sheet, so when we don't, it's it's always a frustration for us. We all felt comfortable in the positions. So I think um, obviously Prezi coming in and, and doing well because obviously he's he's played the system before and obviously played with the manager before, so it kind of helped us gel a lot quicker. Obviously, it's been frustrating that we haven't got the wins that we, we feel we deserve. But I think we, as, as, a, as a team, I think we're playing good football. Probably the best football I've, I've been part of since I've been at the club. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the way we're going at the moment. It's always an honour to be a captain, so to be club captain is a, is a, is a major, major thing for me. I try and lead by example. I try and lead through my performances do the right things on and off the field, just be me really. But me and the gaffer have a good relationship. I try and talk to, talk to him if I've got any issues and he comes to me if he wants to speak to me about anything. Captain Christian Pierce speaking to iFollow early today. If you want to watch that in full, mansfieldtown.net forward slash iFollow talks about his international experience as well. The way that he got into the international setup, would you believe, not scouted, not for his performances, all down to his dad bumping into the Barbados assistant coach in a restaurant over in Barbados. <laughs> there you go. It just goes to show it's not who you know. So there you go. It's, it's all good fun. Um, let's have a quick word about the uh, the the youth team and the reserve set up. Come obviously we were at the RH uh, Academy on yeah. uh, Saturday and on Tuesday for the reserve game. Thanks very it's much. It's amazing for what you can do when you're jobless, isn't it? It is. It's great. <laughs> you can get out and see these games. I was glad there because. Two contrasting sides. Saturday was horrendous for the wind. Oh, yeah. Horrible, horrible, horrible. But obviously the youth team, 3-2 defeat, um, but they put in a, a relatively decent show, but I think there's some promising players in there. Oh, definitely. You can, you can see the, obviously, uh, John Dempster and Richard Cooper and whoever else. Mike Whitlow. Whitlow. Has worked hard, training ground, getting them well drilled. Not too dissimilar to what the first team's playing very possessional based football it had to be on Saturday because you just simply couldn't play it up in the air it was either you played it up in air one way it'd come back at you or the other one you'd kick it 10 yards it'd go 50 yeah, it, it was, was just ridiculous r- afternoon for football. But I think the, the one that impressed me more though was was Tuesday's reserve game. We touched on it earlier. By the way, the fact that we didn't play the more first team, if you like, if you like. But you know, Niall Blake, uh, Henry Wilder, who I think played his first game in something like three or four months after an illness. Great to see him back out there. Um, also, obviously, Lewis Gibbons, Jordan Graham, um, Jason Law, the young lad Tom Field, who scored the goal, looked very good. And, of course, your classic 
Paul Anderson was in there as well. Yeah. Um, but it, again, it was very possession based, very similar to the way Flitcroft um, will want the players to play. And I think what this RH Academy is going to do, and Flitcroft mentioned it in his interview this week again, is you know those players who we saw on Tuesday will be training up there all the time and once the first team session is done Flitcroft will then take a session with the kids and that development for me I think that, that excites me I think so what about you hearing that yeah um, I think well I've said it before on podcasts before um, we've always done quite well with local lads in team so I think it's important that we start doing that again because the few years gone by I know we've been redeveloping and things like that but the few years gone by we've not really had that in-depth sort of youth team setup sort of thing so for this to happen it's, it, it is quite exciting to see some of the young lads it gives us a base through. gives us a home and I think if we can get those reserve games down there a little bit more often as well yeah. I know it would be mainly played on the 3G I would personally like to see if there's a grass pitch um for those who have seen it obviously it's 3G with the stand I'd like to see a mirrored grass pitch so there's a stand with that which gives you the option of playing um, your reserve games on grass if clubs want to do that and I think then keeping everything in the house would, would be great and maybe a little tea, tea bar as well But I think it's just one of these things you I was thirsty I wanted a hot chocolate <laughs> Yeah, that's the only thing. There is no shop unless you go right down into Plesley and that's yeah. Yeah, so a five minute drive. Yeah. Can't, I can't really do that on at half time. No, because the only the only criticism I've got is that the dressing rooms are quite far away from the actual pitch. Yeah, they are. Yeah, which is a bit. Uh, the design of it is a little bit weird, but it's it's. But we're it, not knocking it. We're not no, knocking it's it. a great facility. It doesn't look up to much at the minute, but it's half of it's still yeah, a building site. Building, building site. But it, it will look good eventually. I got half the ground on my feet, as did Carolyn and John, because they had to walk across some wooden planks because. The ground was muddy and they flew the helicopter in. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, when you can. When you can, <laughs> that's a great way to play. come from down the road. I think it's a good thing that John and Carolyn and Dave and uh, Futch are down there watching the young lads play because not only is it getting the chance to see the young lads play, but it's also being able to see the players that are on on the cusp of joining the first team. So, you're Jordan Grahams, you're... Um, yeah, Lewis Gibbons, um, other players can't name anyone exactly because they're all getting on to the edge. Probably seven of that squad who played on Tuesday who were training with the first team and will probably be given a chance at some some point. Well, exactly, but it's giving them a chance to be able to see um, how they play together, what sort of teams they play in and it looks just even just going back to the under 18 games on Saturday they all play possession of football and it's the sort of thing that as long as the players can cope with professional footballs and the standards that are needed when coming to play League 2 football because the contrast from playing reserve and youth to League 2 is a oh, it's vast difference vast massive difference. you could probably put your, your reserves and your youth team probably like National North South yeah maybe a little bit lower but it's still not as competitive. So you don't get the full-hearted tackles where you're just getting kicked to oblivion by some lad from Grimsby. That's it. But <laughs> it's just that difference, because you look at a lot of the League 2 teams, a lot of them play possession of football. So if you don't know how to deal with it, then you're going to get battered every week. But these lads know how to defend with possession. They could defend with... 
just lumping the ball upfield. It, it just looked an all round strong squad. And I think 1 0 flattered Grimsby because they it were. Did. It did. There was a few chances that should have gone in. I think Ando blazed one over the fence that should have done better with. I think there was a couple of other chances that John Graham probably could have done better he with. Made a good couple of good but saves there were well. some good saves as well, as did our goalkeeper. Yeah. I can't remember his name. I can't remember but, it was in. Um, but as long as they keep developing and they stay committed and they just keep, I want to play football, I want to play for Mansfield, then there's no reason why maybe a few months a few years down the line they could, they could be first team regulars on that pitch well that's just about it for uh, tonight's show of course thank you very much as always for your opinions fellas back to League 2 action on Saturday and on Tuesday two games on the road hopefully when we're back here this time next week we'll be talking about two victories and some nice goals and no late goals but We'll, we'll probably get it out of there now. Let's, we'll be talking about two draws. Um, <laughs> other things as well to make you aware of uh, this week as well. If you're not going to uh, Swindon on Saturday and you fancy a little bit of walking football, those over a certain age, you've had dreams of putting on the amber and blue. Yeah, um, Simon included. What, are you over 45, aren't you? I hate you all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, get involved with uh, walking football from Football the Community on the 3G pitch at the Stags on Saturday. Just £3 a session, no need to book. Get yourself down there and get involved with that. I was uh, watching that on um, on Saturday before the youth team game. and uh, Really good, actually. Quite quite com- more competitive than what you think. And, uh, about my pace, so when I get to that age, I might, yeah. uh, might join in. <laughs> uh, also, as well, if you've got little... If you've got... Well, I don't know. Uh, if you've got little ones um, as well, Halloween, uh, SSA and Football Community uh, Halloween Party. Uh, get yourself booked on that. It's at Django's on the 31st of this month, so uh, still spaces on that. So get yourself on uh, onto that. All the details you need can be found on uh, mansfieldtownfitc.net or search football in the community on Facebook same goes for October half term as well yeah, lots pay, and lots paid of per plug lots and lots of uh, <laughs> lots and lots of activities happening in half term as well and tomorrow a great one as well um, have a look on Football and Community's um, page because tomorrow there'll be lots of videos on their uh, dementia group which is really taking off Mansfield Town's oldest living player uh, Walter Edwards uh, attends that group very regularly obviously living with dementia at the moment but uh, lots of pictures and lots of chat about football it's basically what it's basically this but over a much better cup of tea and a higher standard of biscuit um, with, with people of uh, slight, slightly older age so if you if you're a person who lives with dementia or you're a carer of somebody who lives with dementia come on down tomorrow football in the community rooms uh, at uh, 10am come down uh, and get involved uh, with that other than that anything else to add uh, don't forget to- if you're not going to Swindon or Morecambe the SSA are doing travel oh yeah good plug to get in there yeah I forgot to put uh, that on the f- £15 amber members £20 uh, blue members and £25 non-members for both them I believe contact them on their Facebook page uh, the mobile number's on the Facebook page just give them a call yeah sorry anything you, you want to get out there now? Any, any plugs no no, no. Uh, we will add one in though obviously uh, I'm sure loads of people have seen I'm sure you won't mind me saying this uh, the story about Hudson over the last uh, couple of days or so just giving page for the horrendous amount of vet bills that he's got the yeah. Just, yeah. How, how are things on that people no doubt would have seen it I yeah it's still know. ongoing obviously I can't comment too much about the incident just now and I'm a police, uh, ongoing police investigation but uh, as for the vet situations that, I mean the other day before it was getting better he went back for another operation his second uh, they stitched it back up at this time they did it together we thought it looked a lot stronger but uh, unfortunately today and yesterday he's, he's shaking again and started bleeding again so 
Um, we've gone back to the vest tonight, so as soon as I get out of here, I'll be uh, giving um, Kathy a call to find out how that went. Uh, but at the moment, it's looking like we might have to go and look for some other opinions as well to try and get something else done because it's not working, it's not here at the moment. So, uh, but as you mentioned, we also we started a um, GoFundMe page to try and raise some funds to help with the vet bills. And I couldn't believe the response we've had. We we reached our initial target of eight hundred pound in less than an hour. Um, wow! I just couldn't believe. It. I mean, for most I was hoping between two hundred two and three hundred quid to help towards the vet bills. I did not expect that sort of response. And now um, we're up to about two grand. And uh, I just couldn't believe the support we've had. And uh, and thankfully as well, because I, at the moment it's looking like our the bills could actually amount to something like that. So. Um, touch wood it doesn't touch wood we can sort it out without having to well especially without having to have any further surgery but we're still a bit in the unknown at the moment so uh, but obviously uh, if anybody would like to uh, contribute to that you can find that by going to gofundme.com forward slash retiredguy.hudson and uh, we'll also be posting updates on his treatment and things like that on there so you can see exactly where that money is what he's helping towards yeah go and do that it's really worthwhile cause and another worthwhile cause which we'll be set up next week as well is the uh, GoFundMe page to keep this podcast going because now that I'm partially unemployed can't afford to go to away games for much longer so you know <laughs> what, what, the, the, yeah, the, yeah, that of course <laughs> is that of course is uh, a 100% joke whereas Nathan's isn't that is serious uh, so we'll put all the links that you need in the description as well that's it from me that's One it from me book? no what do you want uh, blind football um, oh yeah check out the Facebook page uh, Mansfield Town FC blind football didn't know we're doing that it's yours isn't it yeah I'm joking that is why you shouldn't have bothered doing that because you made yourself look like a right idiot uh, but there you go uh, and you're getting laughter you're getting laughter, the laughter in the comments as well so there you go uh, right, that, is it, that is it that is it we're done uh, for this week make sure you join us at next Thursday at 6.30 Ish. on our Facebook page facebook.com forward slash MCFC matters this is a show for the fans by the fans why because Mansfield always matters. I'm Craig Priest, he's Simon Mercer, he's Cam Felson, he's Nathan Edge. Until next time, well, keep following the stakes and we'll see you then, I guess. Bye! Oh, and by the way, Xander, good luck for the future. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.